Hi, I'm Sydney. And I'm Haley. And this week's Fishtails episode is to dive for. It's hey. Fishtail. Sydney. Hello. <laughs> Why are we uh, singing today? I don't know. Why not? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I miss hearing you uh, sing and make weird noises underwater. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like, I really enjoy singing when I'm stressed out or just singing about whatever I'm doing, like narrating my days. And I don't think I realize that it's weird until someone brings it up and it's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, I just walked into a room and I said, I'm hungry. And like, I don't know. I just think it's normal. <laughs> you're like, you're like Jess from New Girl. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> just roaming around singing. Girl? It's Haley. Oh, you heard it here first. If only I could be like Zoe Deschanel, I would die. I know. Oh, yeah. I definitely uh, sing a lot, but that's okay. That's now the podcast guests get to hear me singing to them. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you're welcome for that. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. We are actually recording this episode on the first day of Hanukkah. It is, by the time this comes out, Hanukkah will be over. But uh, happy belated Hanukkah. To all of our yes. Jewish friends and friends who celebrate. And happy almost Christmas to our friends who celebrate that. Happy holidays to all of happy our Happy holidays. Yeah. 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 I want to hear some uh, some holiday dive stories. I want to know if anyone's done a Santa dive. I need, I need the people to tell us. I want to do a Santa dive. Um, hopefully by the time this comes out, I will have, we will have some content on the social media page regarding <laughs> Christmas. Also, by the time this comes out, let's see. Yes, by the time this comes out, our listener episodes, or not our listener episodes, our subscriber episodes should be live with any luck, knock on wood. Um, But basically, we have been, we kind of gave a little blurb a couple episodes ago, but we've been getting really good at these interviews, which means that we've had so much really fun content. Um, And a lot of it has involved kind of this like meandering conversation that meanders off the path of the typical episodes. And so our, uh, what we started doing is creating a short form and a long form um, short, obviously a relative term here. It's about an hour long, the same episodes that everyone's been listening to. We've created like a shorter form like that. uh, That's going to be available to everybody on the same platforms as normal. So including uh, Spotify, Google podcast, Apple podcasts, I think Overcast, iHeartRadio, a couple of other ones. Basically, what we're doing um, in addition to that now is going to be involving the longer form uh, interviews that we have been conducting. And we will just leave those full length episodes uh, involving all of our meanders and our sidetracks. And um, honestly, some some of my favorite parts of the podcast are these like side questions that we go on that yeah. aren't just like the the rigid interview questions that we usually do. We, you know, kind of get off topic and get to ask the guests about cool stories that they've had or um, some of their favorite experiences. And we, we get off topic a little in like the best of ways. And so 
those full longer like hour and a half roughly episodes will be available as subscriber episodes and so you guys can pay i think two or three dollars a month not exactly sure yet um but <laughs> we'll know when when they go live we'll advertise it and i'll insert it here but yeah and get to be a part of that so uh, for the holidays, if you're still looking for a last minute gift to get your dive buddy, you can uh, invest in our premium subscription and get some extra content, some dive content to listen to on your way home for the holidays or your way to your next dive trip uh, on your travels. Yay! Full length episodes, more content, more weird questions. All More strange noises from Sydney and I. And, and no ads. No ads either. This will be a free zone. Yeah, which uh, currently everyone has the luxury of enjoying our episodes ad-free, but in the coming in the coming times, in the new year, we will likely be adding ads to our regular episodes. So... If you want to keep keep it ad free and get to listen to us be even more weirdos, head on over to Spotify. Where I think I think we're gonna start it on Spotify Premium. Might eventually move over to Patreon, but uh, yeah, head on over to Spotify and get a subscription rolling for you and your dive buddy. All right, on to the good stuff. All all the silly stories. Yes, uh, we have so many. And like 99% of them are from Charles, uh, who Shout was on to our, Charles. yeah, he was on our episode a couple episodes ago. He is, uh, Charles Klingler getting his master's degree at Nova and he was a fisheries observer for six years. So if you remember that awesome episode, you can, uh, go follow him and find our, find his social media on our links on Instagram and Facebook. And also, you can thank him for all of these awesome stories you're about to hear today, because I think this episode might actually just be a fully Charles episode. There's a few other ones mixed in there. I tried to, <laughs> I tried there. to diversify. All right, do you want to go first, Sydney? I feel like I usually go first. Oh, okay, I'll tell my own story first, because okay. we were talking... We were talking about Christmas holiday diving, and it reminded me of a couple weekends ago at Magnetic Island, um, which is just off the coast of Townsville. I've been there, I think I've mentioned a few times on the podcast, you have to take a little ferry over there, and you can free dive, snorkel, there's a couple dive shops over there. But Haley said we needed some uh, possible... Christmas content for the podcast. So I bought some Santa hats to go take and try and free dive with them on. A lot harder than it looks. The hats are so heavy that as soon as you dive down, they basically fall off your head. Um, <laughs> so I, I did get some pictures, but it's just, it was actually really pretty just seeing like a Santa hat floating through the crystal clear water with a bunch of corals underneath. Mm. Um, so that was the first part of my my dive day. We were trying to get some cool shots, but as we were meandering around the reef and checking stuff out, one of my buddies said that he saw a big grouper. Um, and keep in mind, we're like right off the coast, like we're right on the shore. This is just like a little bay. And we are just swimming out to a little reef right there. So not huge creatures are usually there. Some turtles, maybe some little epulet sharks. Yeah, so he's like, there's a, I just saw like a five to six foot grouper. And we were all like, what? Why would that be here? So 
couple minutes later, he spots it again and calls us all over. We all go see it. And then, yeah, it's like as big as me. And then a couple minutes later, we see a second one, just as big as that one. And then a couple minutes later, we see what I guess was a third one because it had different uh, scarring on its body. So I could kind of tell uh, that they were three different individuals. And I believe they were all Queensland groupers, which are very similar in size to Goliath groupers. So if you've uh, been diving in Florida at some of the spots we've talked about in our episodes, these bad boys can get that big. They're like cow sized it's crazy so yeah we just like went over and we were like okay cool some groupers and then we were like we're gonna go check out more the corals and everything and these fish just kept following us throughout our whole snorkel free dive session so at first they were kind of like far away checking us out and then the longer we stayed out there they kept getting closer and closer like coming up within a foot of people you could reach out and touch them if you wanted to and there was these huge batfish, and they were also coming in really close to us. So at first I was like, maybe our GoPros are, the noises from the GoPros, they like that and they're coming in. Well, eventually figured out they were probably getting fed by boaters and other people coming in and or anchoring up in the bay. Eventually we uh, basically had to get out of the water, chose to get out of the water because they were coming right up to us. I got bumped by one. I got distracted by some of the batfish and was filming them and I I got it all on video. I look up because their fins are like cutting through the surface and I'm like, this is so pretty. Closest I've ever been to these huge batfish and look back down and there is a grouper in between my legs, straight up and down vertical with its mouth almost around my GoPro, but I snatched it away at the last minute. And like that grouper could have grabbed me and dragged me down. Like mm. it wasn't like a huge one, but it was as big as me and their mouths are ginormous. So mm-hmm. I don't want to think about my hand, my arm inside a grouper, but no. it was cool being so close to wildlife, but just like crazy seeing like those fish, they're so, they're such big groupers. They aren't normally in that area. They aren't yeah. normally interacting with people like that. So it was sad in that way that we know they're being impacted by humans. So definitely a crazy wildlife interaction. Yeah, definitely. I feel like that like feeding behavior, you know, I mean, we in our last episode, we were talking about having um, like baited shark dives. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, pros and cons with everything. And it's it's interesting to see for sure. But like. I we also can see altered behavior as a result of it. So like yeah. um the a story that I have from this week actually is we were just out diving, maybe not this week. It was like a week and a half ago now, but we were out diving on a really cool site that I had not been on yet. It was really beautiful and I was taking pictures and then someone was spearfishing and for some reason this like one part of the island, this bite has like a lot of shark activity and so as soon as they started spearing, we started seeing sharks come in. And it was funny because I was like distracted. I was 
swimming with my buddy away from the group. I wasn't with the people who were spearing. And all of a sudden I just come up and I see like all of these bubbles in like one really isolated location on the other side of this little like spurring groove. And I was like, man, they must be looking at something really cool. Like whatever it is, it's like everyone's over there. So I was like, I guess I'll make my way over that way slowly and let them move on. And then I'll like look after they leave. And so I round the corner and I just see like three decent sized sharks circling them like just just circling 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 so they like I was like oh they're not looking at something cool they're being corralled by sharks and so as soon as I'm visible to the sharks they start incorporating me into that circle which I'm sure you know how much I loved I was like this is yeah not my favorite thing on the planet and so they start circling me circling everyone and uh they're you know young and feisty and then you've got like a little more dominant female and like it was interesting to watch all of their behaviors and their interactions but eventually um they were like making passes at the zookeeper with the lionfish in it and so the person who had the zookeeper was like i'm out of the water like this is not great anymore like it's not super safe we don't have this isn't a shark dive operation we don't you know have systems to deal with this kind of thing and so uh he goes up to get out of the water and uh literally the sharks followed him all the way to the surface and were like taking passes at his fins at his like there was a jack or two up underneath the boat and the sharks were like biting the jacks and like they were just super amped like super oh my gosh yeah chased him all the way to the surface and then he got out of the water And then I sat on the bottom. I was, like, watching this whole thing happen in silhouette. The light was behind him. And uh, then I see, like, we're waiting and waiting and waiting. And then the sharks come back down and start circling all the divers again. And finally I was like, I'm out. Like, this is – I don't have fun when I do this because I don't get to look at the small things, which is, like, Mm -hmm. I dive to go stick my head in a coral and look at nudibranchs. And, like, if I just have to keep spinning around and looking at sharks, that's not really fun to me. Um, yeah. I, you know, I've got a camera or whatever, and I'm trying to go take pictures of, of macro things and, and I want to have my fins in the air and not think about it. So I was like, all right, well, this has been fun. I'm going to leave now. And so me and my buddy go up and as we're on our way to the surface, the sharks just come and circle us the whole time we're on our safety stop. And, you know, we have a, a sampling like T-bar that we're using for some measurements that we were doing on the reef. And so we're, like, legitimately just back-to-back, like, spinning in circles with this big, giant T-bar. Like, please don't come at us. And I don't think I've ever gotten out of the water faster in my life. Like, because, I mean, they just followed us all the way up. And they followed the previous person all the way up. And we were watching them, like, take passes at people's fins Mm -hmm. and stuff. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to get out really fast. And then I don't have to break eye contact with them except the three seconds that I'm getting my fins off and climbing up the ladder. So. Yeah. It was crazy. Definitely, I guess the takeaway from both of those is um, watch animals, watch their behaviors. Um, super cool, but when it's getting a little sketchy, you get out of the water. Yep. Yep. I would agree with that. I think that's a uh, apt assessment. <laughs> well, on to maybe some uh, more lighthearted listener stories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you want to, I mean, I kind of just shared one of my own. Do you want to start with the listener stories? Yes. I'm going to start with this one first, but okay. I know we shared one of Krista's stories on a previous Fishtails episode, but then also she was one of our guests. Um, she. This one is about 
an iguana for dinner story. I think it's piggybacking off of her previous story that she submitted. Do you remember? I don't remember, but I do remember us talking about eating invasive species and how Mm. even if, remember we were talking about like lobster dinner and I was like, yeah, like as long as you eat, you know, seafood sustainably and if you're eating invasive species, like I know some people eat iguanas. So I bet you that's what she's responding to. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, we will do this one first because it immediately caught my eye when I was like, iguanas for dinner. Okay. So this story is from Krista. Thank you for answering our weird question asking if people (laughs) have eaten other weird invasive species besides just like lionfish. Um, So this one is about iguanas. So Krista writes in, not sure if you were serious about the iguana for dinner story, but here's one anyway. Ah, iguanas. Once the cool creature I looked forward to seeing on a family trip to the Keys, now the bane of my existence. Okay, maybe that is a bit dramatic, but they have caused many problems for me, from jumping into the outdoor coral tanks to keep warm in the winter. This video was too big to attach, but I'll send it separately. To insisting on only pooping on my deck while locking eyes with me. These guys and I have some beef, but no one had it out for these scaly boys more than my friend from the Keys. We'll call him Iguana Jim. One January, the Weather Channel issued an iguana watch, telling viewers to watch the skies for cold-stunned iguanas falling from trees. Iguana Jim considered this an opportunity for sustainable harvest of invasive species. He went for a morning stroll, and any iguanas who didn't survive being cold-stunned were lunch. He offered friends to come share a meal, and what was I going to do? Turn down the chance to try it? Absolutely not. So one bite in, and I decided that was enough for me, but it did taste exactly like chicken. That is awesome. Man, I, I think that was the most surprising thing about moving to Florida. Florida winters for me, it wasn't like snowfall, it was iguana falls, and I was like, this is crazy what is happening why do you live here if you can't live in the winter <laughs> like what hey i mean i like that it was sustainable harvest the iguanas yeah. were just gonna uh, they were already dead so i guess take a frozen iguana home for yeah, dinner yeah. or you know already cold stunned so an easy meal yeah. and like they said like we said as a invasive species like obviously yeah. we wouldn't do that with an endemic or native iguana but they are invasive in south florida so makes sense it's cool yeah and uh didn't even think about the fact that they would jump into the coral raceways or tanks that you have outside to get into the warm water yeah definitely i uh have a video of that that krista sent us so i will be posting that for the episode absolutely yeah it's pretty sick it's funny as you were telling me that story i was like why have I seen this before? Where have I seen it? And then I was like, oh, oh in the video that she said. <laughs> Stop stepping on my coral babies. Yeah, right. Okay. I have a story from Charles, the Charles. one, the only. He says, hey, guys, today I have a story from the Socorro Islands in Mexico. The Socorro Islands are located about a day's boat ride south of Cabo San Lucas in the Pacific Ocean. They're a small cluster of offshore volcanic islands similar to the Galapagos and Cocos Islands. Because of their offshore location, they have a limited amount of coral, but they attract lots of offshore megafauna like sharks, mantas, and dolphins. 
The dives there are very challenging as the currents are often very strong and the sights are usually very deep. My favorite creatures to see at the Socorro Islands are the big manta rays. In case the viewers didn't know, there are actually two species of manta ray, the reef manta, Mobula alfredi, and the oceanic manta, Mobula burostris. I think I said that right. Also, uh, there is a petition ongoing, this is a side note, a petition ongoing to identify Florida's manta rays as their own subspecies or species of manta. So there might be more oh. coming up. Fun fact. Cool. Yeah. Um, the reef mantas are more commonly seen in many dive sites around the world, but the oceanic mantas are much larger and generally aren't seen by divers except at offshore locations like the Socorro Islands. Because they don't often see divers, oceanic mantas tend to be very curious and will often approach divers and swim around them. Keep in mind these animals are the size of a large SUV, yet they move so gracefully through the water. Many of them at Socorro are melanistic, so they are almost completely black, so underwater they look like stealth bombers. On one dive, we were finishing up, and we were on our five-minute safety stop. As I'm hovering in the water, I notice one of these big black mantas swimming below me. I see it tilt its head slightly, and I see an eye look up at me. This manta then slowly swims up to my level and begins circling me, keeping its eye on me as I finish my safety stop. It's so amazing to see such large animals display such curiosity and intelligence. Looking into the eyes of these animals, you can tell that they really are looking back at you. And it's one of the reasons that I love scuba diving. I would have to agree, because manta rays are the freaking sickest, and I love them. <laughs> that is all. I gotta see one. I am, I'm gonna be in the right spots diving in the new year. Like, it's gotta happen. It, it better. I hope it does. I can't believe you've still not seen one. But what Charles was saying about looking into the eye of the manta ray, the grouper I mentioned earlier, their eyes were so big, like bigger than I remember the Goliath eyes being. Mm -hmm. And just Goliath eyes being eye level. Yeah, being eye level with this guy, he had like a cool orange and green like iridescent eye and yeah just like looking into the eyes of a creature as big as you and you can definitely see the intelligence and the curiosity it's so cool that's awesome all righty you want to share another listener story i have one from our favorite place Ooh. guess where uh blue heron bridge no no uh, <laughs> oh, Bon Air! <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can you tell I've got bridge on the brain? Yep, yep. Alec and I <laughs> is still talking about the bridge like every day. I know. This one is from Danielle Mofat. So thanks for writing in your story, Danielle. She writes Night Dive in Bon Air was the best of my life. There's a species of shrimp there called ostracod, and every month, five days after the full moon and 20 minutes after sunset, they perform a mating ritual, and the dive involves no flashlight. You just swim in the dark, and you're surrounded by thousands and thousands of the finest lights possible. And the best thing I can compare it to is Christmas icicle lights that people put up mm. on their houses. It looks exactly like that. National Geographic came to photograph it, and these lights are so fine that their cameras could not capture it. So anything you see online is not real. It only happens on Bonaire as well. 
That's so cool. We need to go find this. Yeah, I think uh I think I need to figure out if that's going to happen while I'm there. I'm going to be there in January, January 1st oh. through 10th. Yeah. I I'm really excited. <laughs> okay, well, great. go go discover, go uh sneak around, find the shrimp and uh report back to us. Dang. Yeah. I I will have to. I'll be looking for it 20 minutes after sunset. It's like reminding me of when you and I tried to go see the D-Labs spawn on Bonaire yeah. and we were like at approximately this time like you know that meme where the lady's <laughs> got like all the math around her head. That was us trying to calculate yes. what time these corals were going to go off. <laughs> it did not work. Spoiler it. alert. No. No. <laughs> oh coral spawning a topic for another day oh literally we could talk about it all day every day i corals are the most elusive ever yes um okay i have one more from charles this one says hey guys i have another awesome story from palau while Palau is known in the diving community for its beautiful reefs, big fish, and other megafauna, and abundant shipwrecks, it's also home to a very unique dive spot. On one of the smaller islands, there's an isolated lake which is inhabited by a swarm of jellyfish, hence the name Jellyfish Lake. The jellyfish were cut off from the ocean thousands of years ago and have been living as an isolated population ever since. There are no fish in the lake or any other swimming creatures. The jellyfish have evolved from their isolation to lose their stinging cells and become symbiotic with algae that grows inside of them, allowing them to obtain their food through photosynthesis, kind of like corals. Um, since the jellyfish have lost their stinging cells, it's perfectly safe to swim through the swarm. It is quite surreal swimming through a swarm of jellyfish as they slowly move around to find the best place close to the sun. To protect the jellyfish, the Palau government limits the number of people who can swim with them each day, meaning that swimming with the jellyfish is a rare privilege. And he's attached a bunch of pictures of the jellyfish and of himself swimming through them. And it looks so sick. <laughs> Honestly, I've heard of this before and I now it's we're adding it to the list. It's on the list. Oh, this has always been on my list ever since I want to say like high school or something so now that i'm close to palau it needs mm -hmm. to happen before i leave australia but yeah i'm fangirling because i've always wanted to do this um we have a family friend that works for nat geo and he's posted nat geo worthy images of this mm. jellyfish lake and i just want to go in the lake and be like marlin and dory in finding nemo bing bonging against all of the jellyfish <laughs> Just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Yeah, so that's my goal. I love it. I love it so much. And I like the idea of bing-bonging into jellyfish, honestly. Yeah. Uh, not that we should touch wildlife, but... No. Uh, but if sick. I was a tiny clownfish yes. or blue tang, I would bing-bong against the jellyfish. <laughs> bing-bong! <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we have a couple more stories that we can share um but i do want to put a call out for more stories so Yay. i i have so many friends who have told me amazing stories about their dives that have not made it onto the episodes and if you guys are listening uh you know i've also probably texted you a thousand links a thousand times so i'm not sorry for that but 
um yeah like we just we think that your stories are super cool and we love to share them with people even just stories that are like fun amazing things that you've seen but also um we always like to get stories about like what it was like diving or funny things that happened underwater like um okay i'm gonna i'm gonna suggest some ideas because people are always asking me to come up with ideas for them so funny things that have happened underwater um times that things have gone wrong underwater times something happened to your buddy underwater uh low visibility great visibility or even things like uh what it's like to be on the boats right so not just in the water but on the water too and uh i think one kind of story that i hear a lot on our one of our favorite podcasts which is national park after dark um, a lot of times women will tell stories, will write in and tell stories about times that they were hiking, that they got like weird gut feelings or uh, had strange interactions with other divers, not other divers, other hikers in the, in their <laughs> podcast. But I wanted to tell one about a time that I had some strange interactions uh, with other divers, because I think that, you know, a lot of times we share all these really great stories, but also this platform is made so that people can share challenging stories or uh, things that they've bumped into and, you know, get a little bit of validation from each other as a dive community, but also uh, maybe get some advice from other fellow divers or things like that on how to handle situations, whether it's something that's like a dive-related danger or a person-related strange encounter um, so lots of us have had these strange encounters and I just wanted to share one just to kind of put it out there that that is a kind of story that we also think is super important to talk about and get out there. Um, so yeah, one, <laughs> one thing that I've experienced was on a lovely liveaboard that I did to the flower garden banks. This was not with our research team. This was previously on a recreational liveaboard that I went on. Um, and you guys have probably heard in our first fishtails episode that, uh, one of the women that I met on that liveaboard wrote in and told the story of how we met and how lovely that was. Um, but yeah, so it was a lovely trip. It was super awesome. And it also happened to be my 100th dive. And so I, you know, being young and impressionable, I was like, like, you know, giggling about how it was my 100th dive. And I had planned to do a traditional 100th dive. I was wearing a like bikini swim top and like uh some a bikini swim bottom or something that I had planned to wear I think leggings or something like that um and then I was going to get in and take care of all that business underwater since I was on a boat full of like 35 other people um and so I had mistakenly said this out loud on a dive boat which I guess oh my gosh uh, was not the right move because as soon as I did that, I suddenly had like three or four shadows who were all uh, white males over the age of like 45, several of them much older than that. And they decided that they wanted to hang out with me the whole dive suddenly. And so um, they made it very apparent on the boat. They made, you know, comments that I didn't think were very funny and they followed me around on the dive I did not get to participate in my 100th dive as a result because I did not feel comfortable doing that with, you know, three men that I didn't know swimming around right behind me uh, when we literally had an entire ocean in which to swim. So that is just my story. I, I didn't, it wasn't a weird gut feeling. It wasn't something I had to like, you know, I didn't have to like fight anyone off or like run away from the dives or anything like that. Everything was okay. Um, but just to to share that like, 
weird things like that do happen. And if you do ever feel uncomfortable in a situation like that, um, not only can you change your own plans and, and advocate for yourself, you can say things to the people and let them know that they're making you feel uncomfortable, which I was not really comfortable enough to do. Um, but you can also always reach out to the dive staff as well. So like I, at that time, didn't find it concerning enough. It wasn't going to be a persistent problem because I had I was now on dive 101 and then they left me alone. Um, but had it been a consistent problem, it was something that I could bring up to the dive staff if I was uncomfortable, especially being on a liveaboard where I'm going to be sleeping next to these people. Um, and the boat staff is is trained to handle things like that and is, is taught how to, um, you know, disarm situations like that and to make sure that all of their guests, it's in their best interest to make sure everyone's safe and happy and comfortable. So um, if you ever are in a situation like that, please feel free to speak up. And if you don't feel comfortable speaking up, um, publicly then maybe finding another female diver that you do feel safe confiding in and maybe um, you and your buddy go together to talk to someone who's on the dive staff or someone who can help in that situation. So always safety in numbers and, you know, banding together and supporting each other is going to be a big thing for experiences like that. Yeah. I'm still sorry that you had to go through that, but <laughs> I'm glad we were able to to learn from it and have a good uh honorary 100th and 200th dive together in Bonaire where we didn't have creepy men and we just had the reef to ourselves. I agree. That was one of the most lovely experiences. Very fun. And yeah, it's it's nice to be able to do that in a way that feels like safe and protected, right? Like going somewhere yeah. that we had more privacy, that we had a buddy that we trusted, um, and that we didn't feel like, uh, you know, we were going to meet any uh adversity or whatever regarding our decision so that was really nice yeah no bad juju no bad juju get out of here bad i'm gonna juju. go back i'm gonna go back and fight these men for you they're probably all like <laughs> 80 now but um <laughs> we we called one of them just bandana guy that was oh there you go <laughs> yeah <laughs> like ah I'm, I'm bandana guy I've already got an image of him in my head. Yeah. <laughs> gonna, gonna hunt him down. I got you. We're throwing hands. <laughs> gonna uh. fight you off with my, my T-bar for measuring corals. <laughs> like a shark. <laughs> Back off. <laughs> yeah. um, as, we, as we say in Australia, send him out bush. Yeah, send him out bush. I like it. We're yeah. doing it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so if you need uh, someone to fight off uh, imaginary bandana men and... <laughs> I don't know. If you need someone to uh, tell you that your feelings are valid and, yeah, threaten to fight off all the weird, crazy people in your dive stories... Tell us your stories and we got you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that stories like that are important. And uh, even just hearing them is important. Just like knowing yeah. that you're not alone in these crazy experiences. So um, we've obviously talked so much about the importance of being around or working with divers who advocate for you and who advocate for equality and safety and equal treatment and things like that. And we have had both amazing and really challenging experiences in that. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's that's one of my like experiences out in the wild diving where I wasn't yeah. like uh I wasn't 
with a company that I worked for. I wasn't on a job. Like I was recreational diving and I encountered that. So um, yeah, it just goes to show that stuff like that totally happens and it is fair to feel uncomfortable. And it's also fair to talk to people if you feel like you can't handle the situation by yourself. Um, yeah. So yeah, if that's, if anything like that's ever happened to you, we'd love to hear like how you handled it or if you have any advice on how to handle situations like that. Maybe you're braver than I am and would just turn around and be like, hey, back off. I'm not that person. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> if you are, good for you. Yeah, teach us your ways. Yeah, right. <laughs> how to be blunt. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm looking forward to hearing everyone's stories and uh, yeah, catching up with all the listeners on our, our next Fishtails episode, which will be in the new year which is crazy i know we are just a couple months out from our one year anniversary and i'm very excited for it um i don't know exactly what we're going to do yet but it's gonna be great so <laughs> we might we might have to come up with a little um gift celebration episode for everybody something special um yeah yeah maybe a we're live episode yeah, something like that. Could be fun. Could know. be fun. Yeah. Cool. Well, until yeah. next time, guys. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, we will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. Don't forget to head on over to our website where you can find information on submitting your great stories for our Fish Tales episodes. Those will come out about once a month, and you can find the form to submit your stories online. Our website is under titleteasapparel.com. There's a little header at the top that says to dive for a podcast. And if you hit that link, we also have merch for sale. And you can also find us on Instagram at to dive for podcast and on Facebook as well. Don't forget to like and follow and share with your friends. See you guys next week. Bye.